football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, late round quarterback, and as always, I'm here. I'm joined by Denny Dennis Carter the <laughs> Fourth. That's my full name. I, I know you're mad at me when you use my full name. Uh, so I am not. I just want to let the the, the the people know I'm not drinking a White Russian tonight because Correct. I thought that drinking a White Russian or possibly two, we'll see how it goes. Uh, would be in the spirit of our week 17 DGAF episode. I, I, and JJ right. agreed. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of, I think last year we did the DGAF episode, like, not week 17, maybe a couple weeks after. We might have to do that again because of Christmas and the, being in the middle of the week and things happening. I have a lot going on around then. So, regardless, <laughs> the DGAF episode is going to happen, which is Denny drinking a white Russian. That's what we care about most. Uh, but it might not happen week 17. Yeah, and, and, and this goes alongside uh, more alcohol-related news, which is that uh, JJ and I, after a, a lengthy text conversation with Tom Everett Scott, are going to have to, correct me if I'm wrong here, shotgun beers. So, okay, so so here's the thing. So Tom and I are in a couple leagues together, okay? <clears throat> and so as a result, we've we faced each other a good bit um, head to head in these leagues. And last year, two years ago, I started in my fantasy league, my home league, we would do, uh, like a a game of the week. And then the loser of that game of the week had to do something. So for, I think I brought it up on the show at one point, I had to do the, the Charlotte chow down where I ate three pieces of cake in like 30 seconds or something (laughs) like that at someone's wedding. Uh, but it usually involved like beer and alcohol, whatever. So Tom and I, Basically, every time we would play each other, we had a, a beer chug bet that was on the line. And so Tom actually still owes me a video of him chugging a beer from one of our other leagues this year. And I so so Denny, Tom and I said, whoever doesn't make the playoffs has to and because one of our teams was was bound to make the playoffs in the LTS listener league. One, uh, whoever didn't make the playoffs had to uh, chug a beer and you know send the video to yeah. the other people. So. I will say, okay, Tom made the playoffs. He beat me in the points scored tiebreaker by four in the LTS Listener League. Okay, mm. I needed Chris Carson to not do anything. Yeah, I needed Chris Carson to not score like 13 and a half points on Monday night, and he did. So Tom got in. Okay, so, oh, hooray, Tom. But Tom, you're listening to this right now. Don't pretend like you haven't made me like eight videos of you chugging beers <laughs> versus my one. All right, all right. Just enjoy this victory, but it's not. it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, so can I can I admit something here? Uh, just between you and me. Yeah, uh, sure. I've never chugged a beer in your life. I've never like what what is it? You like pop it open and then immediately just drink all of it. Well, you can you can shotgun. You can pour it into a glass and chug it that way. I mean, you can chug the can. It's fine. You can do whatever you want. You can stone cold them. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> what, what what is stone colding? You know, just just sort of get you know stone cold Steve Austin. Just get couple beers thrown your way and just smack them together and just pour them in your mouth oh. that's what i did when the penguins won the stanley cup on my back porch it was one of the greatest 
uh i shouldn't say it was one of the greatest moments of my life that's that's way that's that's that, that means that means i'm leading a pretty pretty terrible it's life. top 10 it was a it was a fun time it was a fun time yeah but yeah there, there's a lot of ways that you can chug a beer i would i would say that shotgunning is probably the easiest but i'm probably just gonna pour it into a glass or something and just just open the throat up and just go after it Wow, this is some that's something I did not think would be said on this Living the Stream episode. <laughs> I <laughs> I'll have to think about how I'm going to approach it um and uh as as we get closer, I'm a little bit intimidated uh and I want Tom to know that that I've been upset all day about this. Denny, if you can chug water, you can chug beer. What? What are you talking? What, what yeah, that the- was that was one of the first lessons of of uh when I when I got to college. Um I wasn't as big of a drinker uh-huh. until until I got to college, right? Until, like like right away at college. I mean, then then you become an alcoholic until the fourth day of college, right? Yeah, right. Then it was just just a complete alcoholic. Uh, but one of my buddies, who I'm still pretty tight with, um, very tight with actually, he he said he he told me he's like because I at that time I don't think I'd ever like really chugged a beer. Like it was never you know that intense drinking at that point in my life, and. He told me he's like, if you can chug water, you can chug a beer. Well, I, I and and from there now, I mean now beer, it's it's it was it was wrong, but if you have that mentality, you can do it. So I have cold stoned two seltzer waters. Does that count? Yeah, there you go. Okay. There's some carbonation in there. Yeah, you're fine. I've you're fine. I've smacked the lemon seltzers together and poured them onto you know onto my face. And did it, you just uh, say did you just say cold stone like cold stone creamer? Uh, oh man, I meant stone cold. Man, I, I had to call you out because I know that if I didn't, then people, uh, the, the listeners would hit us up like crazy about that. I said cold. Set. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Remember Denny's, when, just, Denny's just chugging ice cream. Remember when everybody wanted to go to Coldstone? I, I remember there was. Yeah, a, it was like a like, huge thing. Like 2006, seven. That's all anybody wanted to do was go to freaking yeah. Coldstone. And I was so annoyed that they, they, they sing, right? Uh, they, I don't really remember even going. I think I've been there like once or twice. I, I've been there uh, probably three dozen times. And if I remember correctly, this is a while ago, but they sing while they make their ice cream. And it's the most irritating thing. You just you just want it to be over. You know, you just, you just want it to be over and get, give me the ice cream. So I but Coldstone Cold Stone's all about like wrapping the ice cream up or, or, or putting stuff oh. inside the ice yeah. cream, right? Yeah. Like that, that, that's the experience. I didn't I had no idea that they sang. I feel like this is just a dream of yours. Yeah, this has gone completely off the rails. Yeah, it has. It has. Uh, all right, let's look at what happened this past week. It was kind of an S show. Uh, tight end was unbelievable. Probably our best tight end, arguably our best tight end week in LTS ever. history. Ever. Yeah, it, it really might have been the best tight end week that we've ever had. But uh, from a quarterback standpoint, it was one of the worst. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, he had 13.78 fantasy points. Not horrific. But definitely not good. Uh, Sam Darnold had 10.46. He couldn't find the end zone. Uh, Daniel Jones and Mitch Trubisky, both deeper plays. 8.2 for Daniel Jones, 23.9 for Mitch Trubisky. So Trubisky came through. Uh, But the elephant in the room here (laughs) is is Nick Foles. Nick Foles. He scored negative points this past weekend. Now, I will say... Uh, on my Facebook Live on Sunday, I talked about being afraid of Foles in that game because of the wind. So it was more of a deeper play at that point for me. But at the same time, I'm not sure it was only the wind as to why Nick Foles played like absolute hot trash. I, 
I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback looked as inept. And this includes, you know, when like third stringers are thrown into action. It, it seemed like he didn't have like interest in like holding on to the ball or, or like making decent throws. And you, you know what the, the shame of it is, is that, of course, Gardner Minshew comes in and lights up the Bucks secondary like, you know, like we were expecting with with Foles. So it it just shows that you know if if the if a quarterback a functional quarterback is able to throw the ball uh, against the Bucks then um, you know then he then he'll do well. But I I, I honestly I stand by the process on Foles. I, yeah, maybe course. I'm maybe I'm owning myself, but I think the process was solid. We're talking about a game with a crazy high over under, uh, you know, worst secondary in the league. Um, the the implied total for Jacksonville at the start of the week was twenty five points. I mean, you know, you you get that quarterback every time, yeah. and you play that quarterback. Uh, but but yeah, this was this is much worse than Foles week three. Yeah, no, it was it was it was really bad for Foles. Uh, at t- I'll save tight end for last. At defense, uh, we had Carolina. They only got four points. They really underachieved against Washington. We had Philly, who also really underachieved against Miami. They only scored one point. But thank God for the Packers, they had 10. Uh, at tight end, though, let's go through these tight ends. We actually had the top three tight ends in fantasy football last week. We didn't talk about all of them on the show because we didn't know about Gerald Everett until later in the week, but we added him to the Patreon page. Uh, so Tyler Higby, the yeah. tight end one, I believe, he had 23.7 points. We had Jack Doyle, who had 19.3. I believe he was the tight end two. And I think Mike Kosicki was the tight end three at 18.9 points. Oh, but there's more, Denny. Oh, there is more. We also had Kyle Rudolph, who had 15 fantasy points. We had Jaden Graham, who had 14.1 fantasy points. And the worst tight end that we had this past week was Ryan Griffin, who scored eight fantasy points. That's pretty solid. That, the, the tight end picks were out of control good. But, but By the way, Kyle Rudolph's season persists because obviously Adam Thielen is out. and uh, And we did mention that. I think on the show last week that that Thielen would put a damper on him, but apparently Thielen's never coming back, so it's Rudolph season permanently. Yeah, Thielen retired from the game, so (laughs) it's important that we recognize this, and now Kyle Rudolph uh, just is going to dominate from here on out. And he has a great matchup this week. He's not a streamer because he's too too highly owned, but like me. But (laughs) but but yeah, I mean, you, you keep playing him. Man, uh, speaking of retirement, did you miss Tyler Lockett's retirement party? Uh, well, that happened three weeks ago, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, evidently. Uh, but there were, so I, I sent a tweet out. The, the, seriously, some of the dumbest tweets that I send are the ones that get the most interaction <laughs> slash like likes and retweets. It pisses me off. So the one that I sent last night was something along the lines of like feeling for the team who had Tyler Lockett and lost by point one this week. And so you get all these people who are like sharing their bad beat stories and stuff. And some of them are like, some of them are like, I had, uh, you know, I had DK Metcalf this week and I was down by X amount of points and I lost by two. It's like that kind of stuff happens every single week. Like, don't give me that. The Tyler Lockett goose egg and losing by, by a fraction of a point. There was one guy who responded who won a tie, a season long tiebreaker in points. Uh huh. Only because Tyler Lockett had zero points. So he he won that tiebreaker by one. Yeah. Oh dear God. <laughs> yeah. I I can you imagine the joy that I think I would actually feel some happiness if that happened to me. 
Isn't it, isn't it amazing how we talk about bad beats all the time and we, and th- this is what I was trying to talk about on the late round podcast this week is negativity bias and how our, our mind always, uh, just latches on to the negative feelings and emotions that, uh, come from advice, let's say that we're giving from a fantasy perspective. So like the, the example I used on the show is I was wrong. I, I said to sell Derrick Henry like four weeks ago because I, I apparently didn't put enough trust into Ryan Tannehill, which was really the bottom line of the recommendation, but I was wrong. You know, I took the L it was, it was a bad advice, all of that. Um, but I was talking on the show about how every single Derrick Henry performance now in my mentions, someone is saying like, remember selling Derrick Henry and that's fine. I can take like trolling on the internet that happens literally all the time. Uh, but it's really interesting to me that everyone will respond to those things, but no one. And and when I said to sell Aaron Jones, you know, a month ago, people were hitting my mentions and saying, you're an idiot for selling Aaron Jones, but then now it's just silence. It's just, no, right? no one's coming back to you saying, "Hey, nice call." On right, no, no, no one, no, absolutely no one. So, and it's fine that this is this is part of the. That's this isn't my point. My point is not to say like quit hitting my mentions with this negativity. My point is that negativity bias is so so real to the point that we even only focus on the bad beats when that's fifty percent of the equation. There's fifty percent. Are good beats are are, yeah, are the are right. the are, I guess not beats in that from that perspective, but are good wins. Yeah, right. Like the other side. Yeah, yeah. There's the other side to it, but we always focus on the negative side, and it's just it's very very crazy when you give that context, and then you realize, well, this is just fantasy football. Imagine literally things that matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and only yeah. focusing on the negative with that stuff. Yeah. So that was my rant today on, on my podcast, but I wanted to bring it up again because I thought it was relevant. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a good one. Good rant. And and I and I think that that translates to a lot of things. I think when when you think about, you know, like a politician, um, I mean, some politicians, they, there is no positivity to focus on. But but your your natural reaction or, or at least people who follow politics is to focus on the failures, the shortcomings, the compromise stances but never the successes, even the small ones. As I think you're right. It does translate. I mean, when we make our picks every week, I would, I'll say that it hurts a lot more when we have a Foles disaster this week than when we have a Tyler Higby success. Yeah, it, right. I mean, it's, it, it's a bigger deal. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, Denny. Let's move on to week 14. I can't believe it's week 14. Let's move on to week 14. We don't have as many streamers this week because it kind of sucks from a streaming perspective this week. But... Hit us with a defense. Jets defense. So I'm not excited about it. I'm, I'm much more excited about the defense that you're going to talk about. Uh, so I'm a little jealous on that front. But the process, JJ, says that we prioritize home defenses that are favored by Vegas, which is why we're going with the Jets defense over the Dolphins defense this week. I had some questions on Twitter, I think maybe one or two on the Patreon page. By the way, you should become a Patreon. I'm sorry. You should become a patron. Don't become a Patreon. Um <laughs> Uh, so they asked, you know, why not the Dolphins defense over the Jets? So that that's the reasoning. Uh, the Jets are five point favorites here. Miami now gives up the ninth most schedule adjusted fantasy points to defenses. That used to be the the most. Now it's the ninth most. Uh, they haven't allowed double digit points to a defense since week eight. Uh, the Jets scored seven fantasy points when these teams played in week nine. And honestly, the Jets haven't been terrible at home. They actually have scored 18 and 16 points in their past two home games, uh, respectively. So, uh, you know, and besides that, you don't you don't really want to even look. But um, uh, so they, they have been OK 
uh, at home. And even on the road against the Dolphins, they managed seven points. So I guess maybe you have a, a floor play, maybe a sack-based floor even. Yes. Uh, I do like this other defense more, though, the Houston Texans. Um, Drew Locke, in his debut, he didn't look that bad. He was good. It's a tough defense to play against. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was in a positive game script throughout that game, and right. he didn't get sacked. As And I think that's that's partially the reason why. Um, he is mobile. I mean, he can he can escape the pocket, but um, I, I do think that that's that's certainly a reason why. Uh, but the Texans in this game are nine and a half point favorites according to FanDuel Sportsbook. So you have to assume that you know a negative game script is is likely for the Broncos' offense. The Texans are at home, so I think you know if you just look at the process, the process says of the lower owned defenses this week, Houston has to be the defense. Uh, they haven't been as impactful and good without J.J. Watt, uh, but they did show a little bit of signs of life last week against New England, or I guess it was like three days ago against New England. Um, so I, I think Houston, of the of the streamers that are sort of out there this week, that's the defense that you want to target. Definitely. I think they're, they're available in almost 80% of leagues, if I saw correctly on Yahoo. Yeah, something like that. It's like 70 to 80. Um, so they should be out there, uh, except in your league. No, they were drafted in the fourth round in your league. Yeah, right. All right, so All right let's going, move on to quarterback. We're going to quarterback. We're on to quarterback, and my quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I know we just talked about the Jets' defense, but come on, let's let's be real. Like it's not it's not that intimidating of a matchup. So what we have here uh, with the Jets' defense is what the kids are calling a pass funnel defense. I'm sorry. Wait, is it a pass funnel or a run funnel? Now I'm now I'm confused. The pass funnel. It's a pass funnel. Okay. In my notes, I have run funnel, and I think I just blacked out there. Well, now now you're confusing me with this. Okay, well, okay, I'll say this. 76% of the yards gained against the Jets this season have been through the air. So that makes right. them a pass funnel. Right. Okay. Only the Bucks have a higher rate than that. Uh, the Jets gave up 19 points to Dwayne Haskins, never forget, and 16 points to Andy Dalton last week, even though... Uh, from what I saw, the Bengals kind of took their foot off the gas against the Jets once they built a lead. I read that the Jets did not breach the red zone last week. Is that possible? I, I wish I would have seen that because I would have put that in my 10 trend show. I didn't realize that. I, I think that – or maybe I saw a, a tweet from one of the beat reporters who absolutely despises Adam Gase. Um, uh, but that, that that's tremendously awful because we're talking about a Cincinnati defense that's like bottom – bottom tier on on every uh, statistical level and they could not get into the red zone yeah it's bad uh so fitzpatrick hasn't been terrible in case you didn't notice he uh has more than 20 fantasy points uh in three of his past five games as miami has averaged 41 pass attempts per game since week 10 uh he went he went for 280 yards and three touchdowns against the jets in week nine and the, and the jets give up 19 and a half adjusted points to opposing quarterbacks. Now, uh, people on the Patreon page, the good patrons are asking, would you play Fitzpatrick over Darnold? And my answer was no. I'm going to say yes. Yes? Yeah? Y- yeah. I, I just um, feel like the I feel like the, 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 the point, the implied point total and home game. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, but I will say Jamal Adams is probably not going to play for oh, yeah. the Jets. And that's a, that's a big loss for them. Um, I, I, I think, I think Fitzpatrick at least has a floor, a nice floor. Um, but yeah, I guess I would go Darnold. This is also the last week that you're going to be able to use Darnold because they get, uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I want to say the final two weeks of the season. Yeah. Who do you have? All right. 
I am going with Jacoby Brissett. Okay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is allowing 3.6 points above expectation to opposing quarterbacks uh, this season. That's per game. Uh, there's a relatively decent over-under in this contest. Indianapolis, as a result, uh, or sorry, Indianapolis is uh, a three-point dog, and as a result, they might have to throw a little bit more. But also, there's another funnel defense where the Buccaneers can stop the run really well, and they cannot stop the pass to save their lives. Uh, so Brissett, he's been very, very bad in fantasy. Like, he's, he's an afterthought in fantasy. He hasn't had a top-12 performance since week seven. And then on top of that, T.Y. Hilton's unlikely. I mean, or, or T.Y. Hilton might not play. Right. I don't know if he's likely or unlikely, but he might not play this week. All of that makes me very nervous about Jacoby Brissett. I, I would, I would say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is is to me in his own tier uh, yeah. among these three streamers this week, and a lot of that has to do with the T.Y. Hilton injury. I would say, um, but I think Jacoby Brissett is okay enough where he might be in that you know, QB 20-ish range from a ranking standpoint. You don't feel great about it. It'll probably give you like 14 points, and you just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. So my second quarterback for week 14, and, and by the way, thanks for, if you're listening, thanks for, for continuing to listen, even if your season is over. Uh, yeah. I know I know a lot of people tune out this time of year, um, but we appreciate you uh, truthering for our mediocre podcast. So yes. my second quarterback is uh, Devlin Duck Killer Hodges. Uh, that, that's his, that was his name in high school. Still is. Uh, so uh, Hodges has a duck murdering rate of 69%, which is first among quarterbacks in the league. He's uh, he's killed 420 ducks per 500 <laughs> shots, which is also the highest rate in the league. Uh, so it, in your in your duck killing league, you definitely want Hodges. But getting back to football, uh, <laughs> the the Steelers are playing the Cardinals. By the way. I should have mentioned that off the top. After getting roast, roasted by Jared Goff last week, the Cardinals now allow the most schedule-adjusted points to quarterbacks, something, considering the Bucks are still in the league. Uh, no team has allowed more passing touchdowns. 73.8% of touchdowns scored against Arizona this year have come through the air. And quarterbacks have scored at least 19 fantasy points in each of the past six games against Arizona. I mean, quarterbacks have been going just completely off, uh, the kids are saying, uh, against Arizona. The only quarterback to be held under 300 yards during that stretch was Daniel Jones, who threw for 223 yards. I would say that the Duck Killer's ceiling will probably be a little bit depressed because the Steelers won't ask him to do a whole lot if they build a lead against the Cardinals. Would you Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, they'll be conservative, but I mean, they're on the road. You know, there's there's a chance that they they like. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Steelers lost this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm rooting for this for it to be neutral or negative on the Steelers' part, so that Hodges is forced to uh, to throw it more than obviously High T Tomlin would want to throw it. Yeah, no, I mean, look, the, the, this is like a classic Steelers yeah. loss. Like this game is is a Steelers loss. And, and I mean, they're, they're road favorites, uh, traveling across country to an NFC game. Like it, this is an NFC opponent. I mean, this is a classic, classic Steeler trap game, but, um, you know, I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, but I, I like Devlin Hodges. I might like him more than the, than the final deep play, uh, which is Kyle Allen. Mm. I, I don't really love Allen because Atlanta's defense has played really sporadically over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's just hard to predict how they're going to end up performing. But the game 
does have a decently high 48 point over under Atlanta's only a two and a half point favorite. Um, and on, on the year, you know, in totality, the, the matchup has been a plus one, uh, for opposing quarterbacks. So I don't have that much more other than it's not a bad matchup. <laughs> Kyle Allen has had a ceiling throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been games where he, like even the new Orleans game a couple weeks ago. Um, but again, you know, you risk, uh, a really low floor with Kyle Allen. Um, and I, I just kind of like the matchup a little bit more with Hodges. Hodges also can throw the deep ball pretty well. And Arizona's really bad at defending the deep ball. So I'm, I'm just kind of intrigued by that, uh, especially if Juju comes back because Arizona's really bad against slot receivers. And if they throw him in the slot a little bit to give him some match plus matchups, mm-hmm. I just, I think it makes sense to go Hodges over Allen, but I think they're both just deeper plays in general. I think I like Hodges over Brissett. Do you? I think it's close. It's closer than it should be. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Brissett's safer for sure. Uh, but I think you can make the case for Hodges. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll kill, he'll kill some Cardinals and some Ducks. That's right. On Sunday. Uh, all right. Let's move on to tight end. Denny, why don't you kick things off? Caden Smith, who I affectionately refer to as Jaden Smith. Actually, I actually I thought that that was his name, and uh, I actually put it on the Patreon page today as Jaden Smith <laughs> got called out. Of course. Uh, so the Giants are at Philadelphia. This is contingent, of course, on Evan Ingram missing another game. Evan Ingram is the the former tight end for the Giants who last played in 2008. Um, this game has a 47-point over-under, though the Giants have a pretty low implied total of 19.5. Nevertheless, I have in my notes, Smith has scored 12.7 and 13 fantasy points in his two starts this year, uh, drawing 14 targets over that stretch. He ran 30, I'm sorry, he ran 30 pass routes last week against Green Bay, the 10th most among tight ends. Uh, the Giants are likely, again, to be in pass-heavy script uh, against a, a pretty uh, vulnerable Philadelphia secondary. Um, Philadelphia is an eight-and-a-half-point eight favorite, by the way. So I think I think something like, you know, five to seven targets for Caden slash Jaden yeah. Smith is, is uh, not out of the question. Uh, nearly 18% of targets against Philadelphia go to tight ends, which isn't high, but isn't terrible either. Uh, he's still out there in 99.9% of leagues. I know he was picked up in week four in your, in your league, though. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Mike Kosicki again. I think he's a really good play, actually, this week. Um, just moving forward. The Dolphins, they've actually been pretty good offensively since Ryan Fitzpatrick took over again, like in week seven. Uh, they've been above average, way above average, uh, in touchdown rate per drive. They've actually been better than, I think, both Dallas and Houston, uh, which is insane to think about. But the offense has been pretty good. Uh, Mike Kosicki now has seen a 17% target share uh, per game over uh, average per game over his last five games. And that correlates pretty roughly or pretty strongly to uh, Preston Williams being sidelined. Um, the Jets have been a below average matchup overall. But like I said earlier, Jamal Adams uh, was apparently in a walking boot after last week's game with an ankle sprain. So I, be- I bet he doesn't go, which would be huge for, for the passing attack slash yeah. Mike Kosicki in that matchup. Yeah, it's Kosicki season if if Adams hits for sure. Um, last tight end for me is Janu Smith. Uh, I know, so last week, I just want to address this off the top. Um, the, the backup tight end, I guess the tight end two on the Titans, Anthony Fersker, you know, First girl, I hardly knew her. Out targeted and had I'm sorry, that's that's the most boomer thing I ever said. Out targeted and had more receptions than Jonu Smith. 
last week. But uh, Bajanu played triple the number of snaps and ran more pass routes. So I think we still stick with um, with Smith over Fersker. Uh, the Titans have a 25-point implied total. Uh, 24% of the targets against Oakland have gone to tight ends. That's I think that's top five in the league. Only the Packers and Cardinals allow more schedule-adjusted points to opposing tight ends uh, than the Raiders. Sorry, I lost my tra- train of thought there. Um, <clears throat> so I just have a quick note about uh, the targets that they're allowing to tight ends. Against the Chargers a few weeks ago, they allowed 11 targets to tight ends. Against Cincinnati, it was 10 targets to tight ends. And last week against Kansas City, there were 10 targets to tight ends against the, the Raiders. So, you know, John Smith is not being peppered with targets. But I, I think that I think that, that, that might change here. Uh, against the Raiders team that where you know, that is being attacked via the tight end. Yeah, we really need the Titans to play in negative game script for the pass catchers on that team to benefit from the elite efficiency of Ryan Tannehill. I know, man. I, yeah, you, you cannot. Please, Raiders, John Gruden, if you're listening, and I know you are. Don't, don't, don't flop this game. Uh, you, it's been two disastrous games. Get a lead. Make Tannehill throw it. It's John New Smith season. Yes. Uh, and then the last tight end, you can go back to Tyler Higby this week. Uh, I know that people are probably thinking to fade Tyler Higby because obviously he had a big game this past week and it was against Arizona and Arizona is a great matchup. Well, they get Seattle this week and that's also a really good yeah. matchup. Seattle actually has allowed 5.8 points above expectation when adjusted for strength of opponent this year. That's the second highest in the league behind Arizona. So Seattle's a really good opponent. Uh, a matchup for Tyler Tyler Higby. He ran the ninth most routes last week without Gerald Everett. So Gerald Everett's out again. Tyler Higby is in play. Absolutely. All right. So to recap, Tyler Higby, Jonu Smith, Caden Smith. Don't call me Jaden. Also, just an aside: if if Greg Olson misses time, you can also play Ian Thomas. I'm going to throw that out there, there too. Uh, Mike Kosicki, uh, Devlin Hodges, Kyle Allen, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then the Jets and the Texans defense. All right, Denny, we got some questions. Yes. Uh, this next question is from at CD Carter 69. Are you afraid of Donatello Twitter's inevitable onslaught in your mentions? Yeah, I mean, there was somebody, and I'm sorry, I don't have the person's name, but somebody actually took a really funny picture of a, of a toy Ninja Turtle Donatello standing by a laptop looking at Twitter. <laughs> And like ready, ready to like jump in and 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 get at us. I thought that that was that was like one of the funniest things. <laughs> I didn't see that. And and there was another listener, JJ, who was fired up about our Donatello hatred. Not hatred, but you know. Uh, no, it's hatred. It's fine. We can we can roll with this narrative. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and, but but this 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 guy laid out an argument for. I mean, really detailed. So detailed that I don't think I actually read all of it. I'm sorry to to say about how Donatello is the best turtle for reasons A, B, C, and D. It was really, really something. This next question is from at number one punna, friend of the show. This is Jason Brown. What should we do about Drew Brees, him or the streamers? So Brees gets San Francisco this week. Would you be playing Drew Brees over Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, the the Niners stop the run right so they do they stop everything yeah they do stop everything but i I, i'd go with breeze i don't know i i mean the the saints total is still okay isn't it yeah i think i would still go with breeze 
I'd still go with Breeze. And he's at he's at home. Uh, but it, it's it's oddly close. Um, but then he, Jason also asks. Also, how many keys do you have on your key rings? Mm. I have several keys that I have no idea what they go to, and I'm too afraid to throw them out. Uh, I have. Uh, I don't have my keys with me at the moment, but I, I would guess I have ten keys. Ten? Is that a lot? Yeah, how do you have? Ten? What are you opening? Uh, <laughs> you, like Dwight from the office, I have uh, lock boxes and safes all over my house. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what are you? What do you need ten keys for? I keep my. Hair. What do you? What do you have? Fourteen doors to get into your house? I keep my. I keep my hair product in a safe. Um, no. Ten. I, key, I, ten keys. Legitimately, ten. Ten keys, Carter. That's okay, what we're okay, gonna start here. calling you. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they. That's what they called me in school. Um, <laughs> so I have the key to my house. Uh, key to your mom's house. I'm sorry. That was that. <laughs> whoa, 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 <laughs> that whoa. Much. That's too much. Sorry. Um, key, well, key to my mother-in-law's house. Um, key to my parents' place. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else. This, I don't know where the other keys come from. This is insane. Ten keys is insane. It might, it might be more like eight, but it's definitely more than seven. I'll say that. You want to know what I have? I have... Uh, two things for the, for each car that we have. So one one you know one one unlocker, whatever you want to call it, fob. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, fob. fob. And that's how you pronounce F A A B. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I have two of those, one for each car, and then I have my house key, and that's it. That's it. That's it. I don't need any more. What, what what do I need them for? I don't need more keys. It's 2019. Can I can I say how funny I've I found it that you know, I stayed at a relative's house in North Carolina for Thanksgiving, and they live in Greensboro, um, yeah. in a place I actually looked up the crime rate and it's like like non-existent, and they have they they lock all deadbolt all their doors they put on their security system at night. And I'm like, if you, what if you actually lived in an area that had crime? What would you do? Like, would you just set up like cannons on the on the roof? You know? <laughs> yeah, you gotta like dig a moat. Yeah, yeah and, right. You would have yeah. you have a moat with uh, with you know a- hybrid alligator snakes. You know. Right. I've actually had the thought, uh, shower thought, pretty pretty commonly about the fact that uh, if there were no bad people, we wouldn't need to worry about locks. I mean, we probably don't have to worry about them as much as we think we do. This is true. This is factual. Um, someone's going to break into your house tonight, probably. But... Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I have a two iron under my bed. I'm not even kidding. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, so don't don't try it, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you would, we wouldn't need locks if, if people didn't suck. Mm. Makes you think. Anyway, does make you think. Next question. At cheesy underscore FL. I think the Devontae Parker story is the most intriguing fantasy storyline that nobody is really talking about. Where does he get drafted next year? Top 20 wide receiver. Look, I've talked about him on the late round podcast uh, as much as I could, basically, without people getting upset. Because as we know, as we talked about earlier, people get upset at me. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, number one, it's an underserved story for sure. Devontae Parker, Denny, since Ryan Fitzpatrick has become the starter again in, in week seven. He's the wide receiver three in points per game. Wow. You know who the wide receiver two is? If you guess this, then you're you're a fantasy football god. Wow. Well, this is this is a lot of pressure. I mean, I really want to be right now. The, the number two receiver over the past how many weeks? Since week seven. So, so you know, six points per game. 
points per game. Number one is Michael Thomas. Okay, number two is this guy. Number three is Devontae Parker. Let me just tell you, because then we'll okay, be sitting okay, on the show. For Marvin Jones. What? Yeah, because he had that monster game, and it skewed things a little bit. But he's also had a decently high floor, and him and Galladay just continue to outperform in the touchdown call. I was That's actually, really the, I was going to guess Baby Tron. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, Devontae Parker has been really good. I don't know if he's going to be a top 20 wide receiver next year, though, because we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like there. I think that a lot of people are going to have cold feet with Devontae. I mean, look at the way every single week Devontae Parker has been essentially way undervalued from a rankings perspective, which means he's not going to get love next year as a, a top, probably even a top 40 wide receiver in fantasy, let alone a top 20. He will not go in the top 30 receivers off the board next year. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a lock. I would say that he's probably going to be around like wide receiver four. Yeah, no. I mean, the, the position's really deep though, too. I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, no, the quarterback thing will change. They're going to talk. The Dolphins will definitely talk about establishing the run. Preston Williams might be back. They might get another receiver. It, you know, and then people will say, well, the only reason that Devontae Parker thrived last year because he was the only game in town. He was the only option at some point. So I, I don't I don't see him going highly. Yeah, I agree. Next question is from at Tom E. Scott. He says, I'd like to talk a little smack. I'm in the playoffs. You guys are chugging beers. 2019 is lit. It's lit. Look at Tom. Yeah. The Gen trying to be Trying to be a, yeah, trying to be a millennial. Yeah, here. the Ge- Generation X using lit. Get out of here, Tom, with that lit yeah, stuff. Leave, Tom. Get out of here. We don't need you listening to our podcast. That's right. Hey, JJ, can I read some Facebook questions? Sure. Okay. We'll do, we'll do a couple here. Um, this is from the Living the Stream p- Facebook page. Alex Powers, friend of the show, says, I'm working my last day of retail on Friday. What should I do? I'm thinking of ending every phone call with, thanks, have a great day. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Any other recommendations? <laughs> no, I actually think that that's, that's exactly what I was going to say, is just to say, you know, uh, thank you for working, you know, for, for being a good coworker or whatever, good customer all these years. Uh, remember that Epstein didn't kill himself. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's another there's a crazy question here. Uh, Stan Martin uh, asks, I went off brand and was listening to a an historical podcast, and a pregnant lady had duped her doctors that she was go- giving birth to pieces of rabbits and other animals. What? What? Yeah, I, I I've never heard of this before. What animal would you least like to give birth to? Well, I mean, I would say any large animal. Yeah, what, what animal would I le- – what is going on? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bizarre question, but, I, but mostly I just wanted to read that first part about a lady duping her doctors into making them believe that she was – I mean, how dumb were doctors back then? Yeah, either the doctors are really dumb or she's the best con artist imaginable. So I, I know you, you're probably not familiar with the movie The Omen, right? No. Okay, it's okay. It, it, you know, it's it's a it's a cheesy uh, movie from the seventies. Um, so in the Omen, it's a, it's about you know the Antichrist being born into nineteen seventies America, and there's a part where, uh, and sorry to spoil it, and I, you know I I hate to spoil a forty five year old movie for everyone, but I'm going to do it. There's a part where the one of the main characters discovers that the little boy in the movie um, was birthed by. A goat. No, not a goat. A jackal. A jackal. What? And And when he discovers this, he's like horrified. And he's like, it, his mother was a jackal. 
And I just remember watching the movie the first time and I looked at Melissa and I was like, is that bad? Or <laughs> is that, like, are jackals particularly bad animals? I, I kind of lost the track, uh, the, the train of thought there, the, the thread, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, his mother was a jackal definitely came into my head when I read Stan's question. Okay. Last question. I'll promise this will be less, less bizarre. Um, Mark, Mark Del Sesto says, how do you feel about teams that have the most points in a league but don't make the playoffs? I think it's the biggest pile of horse S that I've ever seen. Yes, I said S instead of shit because the kids can't hear that. That's right. Um, so, Mark, yeah, I think we've talked uh, you know, a, a lot over the years, maybe not recently. But, yeah, that is a big pile of, of, of horse turds. Yeah, that's terrible. That's the worst thing. That's the worst thing. The only reason you're playing fantasy football is to score points. And if you put up a lot of points, you should be rewarded. Yeah, that's why every league that I commission, you know, also the the LTS Listener League, as, as painful as it was to not get a spot in the playoffs uh, by four points for, for most points not in, which every league should have at least one spot for points. In my home league that I commish, I went six and seven, but I made the playoffs because I had the most points that wasn't in, so I'm the sixth seed. So, it it, it you need some sort of mechanism to reward the, the the teams that are scoring a lot of points that just got unlucky. I mean, I'm in the the Osimo Charity League, for instance, and right now I'm tied with, for the worst record in the league, but I have the the fourth or fifth most points in the league, and it, it just this is the way that fantasy football sometimes goes, right? But you should have something in place to allow these teams to, to still make the playoffs. Uh, fine. Yes, absolutely. Finally, uh, Garrett Wraith, friend of the show, says, farting on the treadmill at the gym, low T or just part of the process? Wow. Wow. I, I mean, you're, you're risking a lot by doing that. You, you are risking it all, really. You, you really are. You're, you're not wrong. You're risking, you're risking so much by, by, by passing gas. I, can't, I don't know why I use that phrase. By farting... <laughs> <laughs> on a treadmill you could you could turtle it when that when that happens okay you could it, it could completely slip and and maybe it's a lot runnier than you thought it would be or it's just louder than you thought it would be and every well, you have headphones in everyone looks at you like you just farted on the treadmill yeah and you're you you try to play it off like nothing happened and all of a sudden you're the the deaf yeah. 80-year-old who can't hear anything, who farts all the time. This is my great aunt. Rest in peace, Aunt Betty. Who, <laughs> who, far, who farts all the time, doesn't hear it because you're deaf, and you look like an idiot. Yeah, you sound like an idiot. That's for sure. I mean, you're so my, my I've never done this, uh, and it's been a long time since I've been on a treadmill, but I imagine that the weakening of muscles as you run more and more – uh, probably makes it harder to control what's happening in that in that probably. situation. And so if you're if you're you know ready and willing to risk it, risk it all, and you do it, you know it might it might end up really bad. So look, I, I don't know if it's low T or high T. I just think it's it's dumb. Yeah, look, if you're gonna do it, just just jump to the sides of the treadmill. You you know the move. Everyone does it. It's the the I'm 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 running and now I'm gonna make a V with my legs <laughs> and stand and stand on the sides. No, and then just just. No, you can do that. You can you can jump to the sides, have your legs on each side, the treadmill's still going. Now you take your hands and you just lean forward a little bit and put your hands on the, the base of the treadmill and you just let it rip. 
just have to make sure that you're not look when a, when a fart's coming you can tell generally if it's going to be a loud fart or not a loud fart and so if if you can tell when you when you make the v with your legs then then you're good jj i i could not disagree with you more i mean getting in that position where you're Legs are spread and you're bending over in front of everyone. This is well, much. You know, it's, bend, it's not like you're bending over like you're mooning everyone. <laughs> you're, just, you're just you're putting your hands like you're just you're 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 making sure that you have control of your body. I I, I think you just need to stop the treadmill, uh, go do your business and come back or something. Because yeah, but then but look look if you're if you're on it here, here's the thing though you you if you're on a treadmill and you're at the gym you don't want to leave the treadmill. And then have to go back to the treadmill, mostly because you got to keep that time rolling. You gotta, you gotta have some receipts when you're done with your run, right? Okay. You can say, "I ran for 40 minutes, and this is the distance that I ran, and and I'm proud of this." Instead of saying, "Oh, I quit halfway through so I could fart in the bathroom." <laughs> well, my solution to this is just to run outside. So, so all of a sudden, so you're on a treadmill, and all of a sudden, you just stop what you're no. doing, and you Dwight Schrute sprint out the building. No, 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 no. What I mean is, instead of going to the gym, just run, just do your run outside. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I got you. I thought, I thought you would literally leave the gym. You just get up and leave and fart outside. You're just standing out of the entrance, just <laughs> farting as people are walking into the gym. There should be a section for like for for farters in the uh, <laughs> yeah, in the gym. Uh, a section, just a little small room for farters. It just, it just smells like hell all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we need to move on. This next question is from at Bubsauce eighteen. Since this pod has determined what the e- that the Eastern time zone is the only legitimate time zone, can we please determine which day is the legitimate end of the week? For me, Sunday is the end of the week because Monday is when my soul is reborn from all the tilting in the past 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, look, the end of the week, and there's no debating this, the end of the week is on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's what I was going to go with. I, 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 don't, I don't consider Friday the end of the week. I guess that would be the other option, right? Well, isn't it technically Monday is the or or uh, it's it starts on Sunday, so Saturday is the end of the week. Oh, right, right. Saturday is the end. Yeah, like like the the technical end, but the way that society works now mm-hmm. is that everyone, uh, not everyone, but the majority of people work Monday to Friday, and then they have the weekend, mm. and it's the weekend. It's the weekend. It's the, end. It's, the it's the end of the week. You sound like that lady on uh, oh man, Downton Abbey. Have you watched that? No, I don't watch Dalton Abbey. I watch good television. Oh, oh I'm like the Bachelor. I'm upset. The Bachelorette. I'm upset. Just kidding. Just kidding. I just, I just, uh, I just upset Dalton Abbey. Oh, they're coming for you. They are. Uh, this next question is from at Justin White VA. Uh, what are your top three sports movies? I feel like Rudy and Hoosiers are pat high T answers made by people <laughs> to compensate for insecurities. I've got Remember the Titans, Creed, Cool Runnings. Uh, own me for my answers. Tell me bobsled movies don't matter, whatever, but tell me yours. <laughs> Look, the, the best the best sports movie, and it's not debatable, is D2, The Mighty Ducks. It's a pretty great one. Uh, by the way, uh, what are you trying to do? Uh, this, this listener must be 19 years old for saying Creed. Yeah, what is Creed? Get this Creed garbage out of here. <laughs> so, well, I'm sorry. Wait a second now. You don't have to say Rocky Five, okay, which is an abomination, but... But 
you're going with with Creed as yeah. as the Rocky movie that you're this is what you're going with? You're not going with I don't know, let me think here. Any other one except for part <laughs> five? Yeah, right, right. I agree. I agree with that take. And and by the way, I'm a Rudy stan. I, I haven't seen it since the nineties, man. But it's so the, the soundtrack is great, the the uh the actors in it are good. Yeah. It's a it's a good movie and people hate it because it's too cheesy. Guess what, guys? Every sports movie is cheesy. Every single one. Also, Miracle is a good one. The the uh, U.S. hockey team that beat the Russians the one year. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was that a Disney movie. I think it was. Yeah. Um, apparently, I mean, Disney makes good sports movies. Yeah. No, they they do. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think of of like underrated. But you know, I don't I don't generally if I see a, a movie is about sports, I kind of just skip over it. Honestly. Yeah, they're usually not very good. Yeah, for for being honest. Uh, next question at <clears throat> man, my throat. Oh, at disaster. The FF Whisperer going to roll with Baltimore defense. Am I nuts to use Philly Jets or even the Bucks defense over them? I think Baltimore's fine against. I, I don't know why you wouldn't use Baltimore against Buffalo. Yeah, I think I think you're good. Yeah, you're good to go for basically the rest of the season because Baltimore has a good uh, schedule in general. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like five and a half, six point favorites or something. And there, there's a low over under in that game, fairly low over under. I think you're totally fine. Uh, all right. Next question. This is from at sack attack underscore FF. Is it bad that I shit my pants multiple times in the corner while crying and eating the leftover corn from Thanksgiving because I missed the fantasy playoffs? (laughs) I mean, that sounds like an appropriate reaction to me. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair one. And can I tell you that uh, before, right before the twelve thirty game started, the the only legitimate time zone twelve thirty game, I was trying desperately to bench um, Galladay uh, for I can't even remember who right now, um, and but the internet in the house I was in wasn't wasn't working, so oh, I couldn't do it, and I was like, damn it. And then so I, I I went in and and got dressed for for Thanksgiving Day. Everybody was getting to the house. And I come out, and the first thing I hear is is something like, "And there goes Galladay." And I'm yeah. like, Whew, "Well, that that's that's good process on my part, I guess. It's just it's just having the internet uh, crap out on me." Yeah, for real. Uh, this next question is from at Sean Prokis. He says, "How do you become a friend of the show? Asking for a friend of a different show." Oh, that well, I, there, there, there's no uh, you know official criteria, but I would say if we recognize your name, if we've seen it over and over on Twitter. And on Facebook or whatever, then yeah, I think that you're you just kind of become a friend of the show. How many friends of the show would you say we have? A, a dozen? Yeah, I'd say like probably ten to thirty. Yeah, yeah, and somewhere I, in there. By the way, actually, I I I correct myself. I'm going to correct myself. To be a friend of the show, you must be a patron. Yeah, this this is factual. Sorry, factual. sorry to the lips. Uh, this next question's uh, from at n dutton thirteen, a friend of the show. Is it normal for people our age, I'm a bit older than you, but you get my drift, to cry at commercials? I saw an Apple commercial at Thanksgiving and bawled my eyes out. How low T is that? Did you see the Apple commercial? Do you know what commercial everyone's talking about? What talking about here? I, I don't. Okay. But what happens? So there, there's apparently an extended version of it that I saw, like, I think uh, it might have been today. But there's like a, th- a, a YouTube version that's like over three minutes long. Um, but it's a commercial where these girls, these these daughters are uh you know they're fighting and whatnot so the dad gives them an ipad and as they play with this ipad they're traveling to their grandpa's house for christmas or whatever 
And as they play with this iPad, they start to figure out the iPad a little bit. And in the end, the end of the commercial, spoiler alert, hold your ears if you haven't seen the commercial. Uh, But at the end of the commercial, they unwrap the iPad and they hand it to the grandpa and it's like a, uh, uh, I think it's like a once upon a time or something it says. And then it shows clips of their Nana mm. who is clearly passed away. Mm-hmm. And then they like photoshopped the Nana in a picture with the family and stuff. And then the grandpa starts crying and it's a very, very emotional yeah. commercial and it's totally normal and good if you cried. Yeah, sure. No, no. Look, I mean, traditionally it would be low T. Uh, but, uh, can I tell you something about my dad who's a very high T dude and always has, yeah. been. um, the times that I've seen him cry the hardest, some of them have come because of commercials that we, that we've wow. seen on TV. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there was a time, I don't know what, what had gotten into him, but when I was a kid, we would watch football and there would be some commercial AT&T commercials used to be really emotional with family members you know, reaching out, calling long lost, you know, relatives, whatever. And, and my dad would, would, you know, cry, like openly cry. Like it wasn't even like a sniffle. It was like, like full out crying. And so, so yeah, no, I I think that it's, it's perfectly fine. It's very manipulative for companies to do that. And I hate them for it, but yeah, no, it's fine to cry. I think crying is good and healthy. It is. It is. Don't think of it as making you cry. Think of it as allowing you to cry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, that's a good take, Denny. Thanks. That's good. Very philosophical. Uh, <laughs> next question is from at bathroom Ben. Is it low T to buy your Christmas tree Xmas tree from a lot? Do I need to drive to the country and chop down my own to prove my manhood? Uh, and then he said, Nick Foles week 13. Uh, so look, look, I live in an area where it would take us probably like two hours to get to a, like a, a true Christmas tree farm slash, like, you know, place where you would chop it down. Uh, I don't know if you're referring to actually going into the wilderness and chopping down a Christmas tree, which is probably not legal in many, many parts of the country. But, but we, we started a tradition where there's a, there's a CVS like a mile from us and they always have Christmas trees in their parking lot. Cause like a, a tree uh, farmer comes out and he sells them and it's become a tradition for us. And we just pick it up and we, uh, I, the, the first year we did it, when he cut the end of the tree, the, the trunk of the tree, I took the end piece and there's a hole in it and I, and we wrapped it and made it an ornament. And now we have every year a little piece of the, the trunk for every tree that we've got as little ornaments. Oh, that's a great idea. Did you think of that on your own? I did. And I'm so proud of it, which is why I'm bringing it up because we told the guy this year, this is our fifth year going to this guy. And we told him this year and he was like elated that like, yeah. that this is a thing. And I wanted him to like tell other people about it. But yeah, if you guys are doing that, try to, cause you know how they cut the trunk to, to make it level and to like, make sure that it's, yeah. it's cut properly. You can just take the end of that and just wrap a little string around it. And all of a sudden you have an ornament and you can write like Christmas 2019 on it. That's, that's a, that's a great idea. This is, this is groundbreaking. I think that this is, this is your calling. This is what is going to make you rich. Congratulations. Yes, you're all, yeah, it, yeah. Thank, it, you're welcome, guys. We you're welcome for the idea. Fantasy football. You should be in a, in a damn uh, uh, Hallmark movie, not Tom. Get Tom in a Hallmark. <laughs> we need we need JJ in Hallmark Hallmark movies. Um, my my take is that you don't have to be Clark Griswold and you know go out into the countryside to chop down a twenty foot tree. Um, what I what I don't like is going to very fancy places that charge literally double what 
you know, the CVS parking lot or Home Depot charges. Yeah. Um, and what you're paying for is the experience of walking around a place that is slightly more festive than a than a chain store, you know. Uh, right. And and I I truly truly resent and hate that. But guess who loves it? My wife. So we do it. Ooh. So we do it. Of course, of course. All right, Denny. We are past the hour mark right now. There's more questions, and I like the questions, but I think we're gonna have to gonna have to pass. If if we're yeah. over an hour, that means that everybody owes us one dollar per minute over an hour. Yeah, and you guys don't want to do that because then we'd get like thirteen dollars for you know, <laughs> given all our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Denny. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitter, and all the Patreon stuff has been posted. It is online. And I am on Twitter at late round QB. I have my other podcast, the late round podcast uh, that I do as well. So definitely look for that. And obviously subscribe to living the stream as well. Denny, do we have a tilt montage this week? It may be Foles based and yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. It's uh 1 PM in the only legitimate time zone in the galaxy, the Eastern time zone. And uh, Lamar Jackson is slow uh, to get up after a, a hit by a 49ers defender. I do believe he's okay, but this is, yes, it seems like he's okay. But this is exactly what I was talking about on the most recent podcast. The nightmare of our King Lamar uh, going down to injury, thereby ruining the remainder of the NFL season. I I just I feel like he needs to be protected at all costs. He just ran down to the two yard line <laughs> because he's unstoppable. He actually just made a uh, a defender look like the defender was drunk. Uh, I don't I don't really think you know breaking the ankles accurately describes what happened. Uh, it was more like. Uh, just being drunk on the field trying to tackle uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, I am tilting. 1.49 p.m. Eastern Time, and the cameras at the Bucks jaguars game are officially uh, zoomed in on Gardner G. Minshew the ninth. Uh, telling you that it is not, in fact, Nick Foles' season. Nick Foles struggling mightily at the start of this game in a just an absurdly good matchup. And uh, he's struggling so much that the announcers are now talking about Minshew possibly going in. I see Jaguars' Twitter lighting up, saying it's time to put Minshew in. Uh, so it's it's actually... Kind of shaping up like Foles week three. I mean, I'm not going to throw in the towel quite yet on that level of disaster. Uh, But, you know, we're getting there. We're approaching Foles week three, and I am tilting. 1.51 p.m. Eastern, and Foles just fumbled. I actually think the... Jags ended up recovering it. Nope. Bucks ended up recovering it. Yeah, so we're we're headed we're we're headed in the direction of Foles week three. Uh it just so happens that 
it's once again Nick Foles. And, and you, know, you know what's happening. Gardner Minshew's going to come in and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, that's happening. Mark it down. I'm tilting. I'm playing JJ this week in a LTS League matchup that could very well determine whether uh, one of us gets into the playoffs. And I seem to have forgotten to take out T.Y. Hilton, who is not playing today, and replace him with Peyton Barber, who is the highest scoring player in fantasy on this uh, my Sunday. So that is likely going to cost me a playoff spot in a league that I care about uh, very much. Um, some are saying that I'm tilting. Uh, others agree uh, that I am, in fact, tilting. I can't believe this shit. It's uh, 2.14 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and I just realized that uh, I am watching football on our shitty basement TV uh, about one week after we bought a fairly high-priced, really good-quality TV in the living room. For the living room, I should say. Uh, and I guess I'm I'm doing this, obviously, for one reason and one reason only, uh, and that's to own the libs. I can't think of any other reason why I would subject myself to a an inferior uh, TV experience other than uh, to rattle the liberals. Apologies to the liberals, and apologies for uh, getting political on this week 13 tilt montage i am tilting thank you for listening to live in the stream we hope you enjoyed the internet podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes now it won't take long it's fast for more fantasy football info check out makegroundqb.com hope you come back soon as we share about the teams and